Serendipity. I have been so excited to have you guys on my podcast. You've had me on yours in person and over the internet or however you say it. Um, but you guys are like a breath of fresh air for all ages of runners, all talents. And I know my, my audience is going to love you too. So thank you for coming on C Tally Run. Thanks for having us. It's delightful to see you and talk with you. Yeah, so we need to get to know you a little bit better on Citali Run. So I would like you two both to kind of introduce yourselves a little bit. So Sarah, let's start with you. Like, where are you? How many kids do you have? How long have you been running? That kind of fun stuff. Yep, yep. So I'm Sarah Bowen Shea. I live in Portland, Oregon. I have three children, a daughter who is 18, and then boy-girl twins who just turned 15. I got a dog and two cats and oh, I sound like a Crosby, Stills and Nash song. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I have been running since kind of late high school. I, um, like Dimity, I was a rower in college and then just have kept it up. I love being outside. I love being in motion. And I was training for my 15th marathon um, this spring and then it got canceled. So um, yeah, that was a bummer. So Yeah, it stinks. But we make it through. Dimity, how about you? So yeah, so I'm Dimity McDowell. I am a Twin Cities native. Love the, love the Minnesotans. Um, I now live in Denver, Colorado with um I have two kids as well, two teenagers. One is um 17 and one is 14. So going into ninth grade and twelfth grade, respectively. Um, and I have, uh, two dogs and, uh, I started running, like Sarah said, um, as I started rowing before I started running. Um, and I'm kind of more of a multi-sport athlete. I've always kind of liked triathlons a lot. Um, and then recently after about 20 years of running, my body just finally said, I can't do it anymore. Um, just dealing with so much chronic pain, um, that wasn't, you know, debilitating, but it was mentally and physically exhausting. Um, so kind of given running up, which is a very tough chapter to close, but um, moving forward. So I've done some adventures since then. I've uh, hiked rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Um, I did a swim run in Maine. That was really fun, a swim run race. Um, And I've been riding my bike a ton now. I just uh, recently this summer got to go to Glacier National Park and we rode going to the Sun Road, which is as beautiful as it sounds. So Oh, so fun. So how did you two get connected. Yeah, so Dimity is six years younger than I am, but we both went to the same college. We both went to Colgate University and were rowers there. So actually um, met Dimity her senior year of college um, at a Colgate rowing alumni event. And then we were both in the magazine industry. So our paths crossed a lot on back in the day when uh, companies would take uh, journalists on press trips. So we get to go play in Moab or Jackson Hole or, you know, just all these fantastic places. So because we've never lived in the same city and then, um, you know, our kids are pretty close in age. And then, Dim, you tell the part about um, you being pregnant with Ben and lining somebody up for a marathon. Sure, sure. Well, before that, I have to back up because Sarah helped me get my first job Um, back when I was in New York City. I was an intern at Sports Illustrated for kids and I needed a job, a real job job to stay in New York City. And this was before the Internet. Right. Um, And so I wrote to Colgate and I said, you know, what alumni worked in publishing. They literally sent me like, you know, remember those those graph pieces of paper that had the like the little dots down the side, you know, that the old printer paper, you know, yeah. Um, 
I think it was two names and Sarah's was one of them. And I was like, all right, well, let's send a letter, see what happens. And, um, and Sarah called me and said, I, I have a job for you. Or my, you know, my good friend is looking for an assistant at women's sports and fitness magazine, which is not around anymore, but it was started by Billie Jean King way back in the day. Um, and that was how, I mean, so I've been dead to Sarah for, for getting my, my first publishing job. Um, so that was very cool. I, I like that story a lot. And then she helped me like move up the ladder, like help. I would like send her like copy editing tests that I had to do and stuff. <laughs> um, I'm like, Sarah, can you make this better, please? Um, so anyway, so yeah, so fast forward. So I was pregnant with my second kid. Um, after my first one, I'd, um, gone into some postpartum depression and, uh, wasn't super interested in, and revisiting that that little uh, tale. And so um, I was like, I need a goal. I need a goal. I need something to do after I, um, I'm done getting pregnant. I'm going to run a marathon. Who can I ask that I can, um, who will run a marathon with me that won't say no? Because I knew as if I asked somebody and they're like, oh, really? That's mm-hmm. the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I would have been like, you're right, you're right. Forget it. Back off, you know? And I was like, Sarah. Sarah would run a marathon with me. <laughs> And so she had just had her twins, you know, what, 12 months or something before my, before Ben was born. So, um, so yeah, so we teed it up and I mean, it's um, actually the emails that, that are the introduction and run like a mother, our, our first book. Um, and we ended up running the Nike women's marathon together, um, in San Francisco and writing about it for runner's world. And we were kind of dubbed the marathon moms and, um, wrote a blog that was very new at the time as well. Um, I feel like I'm like, you know, walking both ways uphill to school, um, right. but anyway, you know, um, anyway, so that's how it all shook out. And, and we've been, um, obviously connected ever since. I mean, it's crazy. The, the following that you guys have had, how many years has it been since that marathon then? Well, it's been, te- I mean, we ran the marathon in 2007, um, okay. but my mother, uh, the book came out in 2010 uh-huh. and it's really funny because what really started it for us was our Facebook page. And we were talking with our publicist prior to run like a mother coming out. And I was like, again, like rewind a decade over a decade right now. And Facebook was like nothing like it is right now, nothing. And I was like, I didn't have an account. I was like, I only go on my husband's account and I get jealous of other people's vacation pictures. Like, I don't want to be on Facebook. Like this is, it's going to be nothing, you know? And then she's like, no, no, no. And um, so we started it. And uh, what we started doing was, um, well, first of all, we gave away t-shirts to every 26 person that joined. So that was really brilliant. (laughs) And then, um, and then we started like posting people's questions instead of just being like, Hey, I just ran five miles at, you know, this pace and I feel good or whatever. And kind of talking about our stats or our runs, we would say, oh, Carrie's, um, Carrie's husband gets really mad when he go when she goes for a run. Like, can you relate or any tips for her? Uh-huh. I'm totally making this up, of course. Um, but, you know, and that really opened up the community aspect of mm-hmm. another mother runner, because um, all of a sudden we realized that we had a lot of the same issues and a lot of the same concerns. And it wasn't always about the time on the clock because there's a lot of other things that go into running, especially when you are kind of middle of the pack mother runner, you know? So. Do you guys have a lot of dads that are like, Hey, where's the love for the dads? (laughs) We we have some dads who, um, and we have him as the, is the Facebook page still active? 
Um, I mean, a little bit. We have a train like a mother club. And so we have some fathers, some um, men that come in and want to train with the programs because they're really great programs. So we have a Facebook page for them. We keep our Facebook pages in the train like a mother club just um, for women, just because a lot of times um, there is some stuff that comes out that just is is either more sensitive. We just want to keep it a place that, you know, if you want to talk about your hemorrhoids or, you know, bleeding down your leg when you forgot to wear a tampon when you're running like like, you know like it's a a safe space do you know there's new underwear for that now oh yeah period (laughs) underwear you bet yeah 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 it's been around for a while yeah yeah i've I've never tried it but um i have a friend that tried it and likes it yeah is is it just for runners or is it just period running period underwear period i think it's period (laughs) i don't know that's Tiffany's ad campaign for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I kind of feel bad because we went from like giving the guys a little love to them that. Like, okay, let's bring yeah. it back to the ladies. Yeah. I do have to say that um, we have, when when Tim and I would sometimes be the speakers at an expo or we'd be selling some of our merchandise at expos, on occasion, men will come up to us and they're the ones who want their photo taken with us. And, or, or like the, you know, they'll be there with their female partner and the, she'll be like, Oh no, no, no. He's, he's the one who listens and he's the one who <laughs> me to your show. And so that's, that's always really fun. And yeah. Uh, yeah so it's uh, kind of like the guys who like to watch the soap operas, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was Charlie that and like, what was that? Mr. Or, um, who was that guy? Mr. T. Oh, <laughs> is that was that a guy, Mr. T? Right? The A team. The A team. What are you talking yes, about? The A team. Well, Charlie would either watch soap operas or that. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah. I thought you were say he was known for that. I thought, I'm like, I think you're thinking of Rosie Greer, the football player who liked a needlepoint. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? We could we could go all day like this. But okay, let me let me talk to you guys a little bit about some serious stuff. We are in a scary time right now, and your voices are. You know, people listen to you, they hang on to your every word. And I've been talking to a lot of different people on my podcast, and you guys are as well. You know, it's a heavy time, not only because of the pandemic, but because of the civil unrest. And Sarah, you're in Portland. Um, Dimity, you're in Denver. I'm in Minneapolis. A lot of stuff has been happening in our cities. Um, And being three white women, I think, too, it's kind of a real big wake-up call. You know, for all of us, no matter what your background is, what your ethnicity is, your race, whatever you say. But I think that as runners and people in the media, like all three of us are sort of um, people hang on to that. And you guys being coaches and and things like that, too, at the same time, it's, you know, they, they really rely on you. So how are you guys dealing with that, this heaviness with your community? Well, that's a good question, Carrie. Um, I mean... I, it's talking openly about things. I think that's important. I think ignoring things don't doesn't make them go away. Um, I think acknowledging that people are all in different places, both literally and figuratively, because, you know, like you pointed out, I live in Portland, so there are protests, you know, within miles of my house, and people wear masks here, and you get a funny look when you don't wear a mask. And so um, just kind of acknowledging that, everyone has is experiencing this and but they also might be experiencing it in their own way and so perhaps trying to remind people of our commonality instead of our differences and that um, particularly as moms you know we all want the best for 
from people. I'm not saying that that men don't, but um, I don't know. I, I would posit that maybe um, women have bigger hearts and more expansive hearts mm-hmm. and can be more accommodating and welcoming. Mm-hmm. And just trying to understand where people are coming from and, and meet them where they are and hopefully move us all forward at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Dimity, how's it for you guys in Denver right now? I mean, and, you know, we haven't had the, the um, we, we did have some protests, but not the level of um, Minneapolis or uh, Portland, um, you know, and I think for me, you know, it is, it's just, just always an awareness um, of what can we do more, right? How can we feel more welcoming? How can we feel more inclusive? How can I put myself in the shoes of a black mother runner or a Hispanic mother runner and realize what her reality is. Um, and the best thing you can do, I mean, one of the things that we did back um, right around the George Floyd uh, protest time was um, just talk to women. I just like hearing their stories and um, just showing up for them and listening. I think, you know, personally, I learned so much from that. I mean, certainly there's a lot to learn from history and, um, you know, reading books like How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is <laughs> what's on my bedside table right now, you know, things like that. Like, that's very, very important. But I also think it's super important to just remember that we are all humans. We're all in the same boat. We all, you know, want um, love and peace and compassion. And, you know, and, and talking to people that way um, often brings that out. Yeah. When you guys look at your community, uh, do you feel diverse? Or do you feel like that's something that you want to really work on with another mother runner? And even in running in general, right? Like we, I think we feel, or a lot of us feel like we are a diverse community. We're very welcoming. But when you look at it, it is predominantly white. And so how can we be more inclusive and how can we welcome more people in? I mean, we would love it if if another mother runner and all avenues of AMR were more diverse. I mean, you hear that from a lot of women saying that our retreats are very white and it's, you know, we've thought about setting up scholarships in the hopes that maybe, um, you know, that would enable people who otherwise couldn't afford it or something. And, but it's just, we definitely try Mm -hmm. and it's, it's tough because running is such a white sport. And so we, um, I mean, we had, gosh, several years ago, we had um, the founders of um, Muslimas on the run as guests on our podcast, we certainly had the original founders of Black Girls Run on our podcast, and um, just trying to reach out in ways. Um, but it's tough. I mean, you just can't snap your fingers and suddenly have you know thirty percent of your audience be you know women of color. Yeah. So yeah, and and you know, and we try to be inclusive in a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, size—that's another way that running can feel very not inclusive or exclusive, I guess is the word that means that, <laughs> you know, so that, um, so, you know, we definitely like in our, in the mother runner store, we, I live in Portland and that's where our, it's where our merchandise is. And it's, you know, Portland is an overwhelmingly white town, but I am always on the lookout for women of color who can model in our store. Mm-hmm. And I'm super proud to, you know, to have women of color and women of various sizes modeling our stuff in our store so you know we we take steps where we can and um try to think of ways we can continue to strive to make that happen yeah dimity you write a lot of the plans you guys have other coaches that work with you guys as well but 
Huh. Where did that all stem from? Like, all you know, you're a great rower, and obviously you guys were training and running and doing dry land stuff. Um, but where did it all stem from? Where did you decide, like, we want this to be, have some amazing running plans that we're offering to our BAMers and our other, another mother runner athletes? So where did it come from? Well, it, it really came from wanting to write a second book, okay. <laughs> needing to, to have something, you know, we're like, okay, we ran, we wrote Run Like a Mother. Now what do we write? And we were yeah. talking about writing a training journal and like the thing, you know, kind of like Believe I Am, which came out, you know, they definitely have done it super well. And I don't think we could top that. Um, but uh, I liked like all the different aspects of it. I was really um, tied up on like having like little um symbols right little like illustrations of like water bottles and a tampon just like to show when you had your period and stuff like uh-huh. that and um so so we you know what we also realized with run like a mother was that you know sarah and i had been in the thick of the running world for a little while but there was a lot of people who were just starting to race right and they were like oh i don't know when to take a goo um i don't know where to pin on a, a bib i don't know how to pace myself that kind of thing so we did want to kind of address the training aspect of things and then once we got into the training plans, um, we just wanted to keep them flexible. And that's the thing. And so I can't even remember as was it finish it and nail it, Sarah, that were the two programs in Train Like a Mother? Finish it and own it. Finish it and own it. That's right. Right. Uh, yeah. Nail it maybe had a different connotation. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, so we had two plans for every distance. So 5K, 10K, half marathon and marathon. But the signature thing that I really wanted to maintain, and I didn't write the plans in there. We had a great coach named Christine Hinton write them, but um, was that there was a day that you had to get it done. So when like, when you had those weeks where you were like, oh my gosh, my house is crumbling, everything, you know, my, my fridge is empty. My kids are melting down. I can't get anything done. You had one workout that you know that you had to do to keep moving forward on the plan. And then there was one every week that was optional. Um, and so that had, um, I think the water bottle, icon was the one that you must do and the coffee cup icon was the one that was like optional and then everything else was hopefully you know you got 70 to 80 percent of it done so yeah. um yeah so we just kind of wanted to take you know the, our mentality which is you know none of us are getting paid for this um we're all doing it for a variety of reasons i mean definitely time on the clock but sanity and time with our girlfriends and time to listen to podcasts and music and all that stuff and combine that into a way that still kept people improving as runners. Yeah. Do you te- to ever go out for a run or a walk or a whatever and call each other? <laughs> you know, that's a good idea. I don't think we really have. We've run together. We used to, I mean, when we ever, whenever we're together, although not anymore because I'm not running much, but we used to have some great runs, like in very good cities, get lost and get found again. Right, Sarah? Totally get lost. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, I just have all these, like a patchwork quilt of all the runs we've taken together. Like I think about when, um, we were near, uh, um, we were having to like on run on like a frontage road near our hotel. I don't even remember the town, but Jim, that was when you had your metronome and (laughs) because she was doing she running. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a little tick, tick, tick. (laughs) And, uh, but, oh, there was another town where we got lost running around the zoo and oh my gosh, we've run along. Oh, we had a great run, Dim. This was even pre-AMR. We had a great run um, along the banks of Lake Michigan in Chicago during a heat wave. And yeah. and that we took off our shoes afterwards and just jumped into the lake and then went and got bagels. Um, 
<laughs> Don't you love that though? Like I just yes. look at you two. So my listeners right now, I'm watching them on Skype and I can just see, and I don't know, I'm, I'm so sappy, but I can see the love that you guys have for each other. And you're just like, I can see you going back to those runs and just loving every minute of having those memories together. It's the best. Well, and that's what I love about, I mean, running friendships and I might even get teary here a little bit just because, I mean, I write about it. I think I wrote about it and run like a mother, but I mean, there was this girl, Amy in um, Colorado Springs that, um, you know, we, our paths crossed a couple of times when we lived there. And finally we're like, okay, let's go run together. And um, I mean, within, you know, three or four minutes, we're like dishing on our marriages and our kids and, yeah. you know, running side by side and just, it's like one of those things like running creates such intimate bonds and connections. And until you do it, you don't believe it, right? Mm -hmm. Like staring at each other across the table um, for dinner or coffee or whatever, certainly that's a nice time, but there's something about running side by side and having that time together where you're not necessarily like staring each other in the eye, but you can kind of just open up more than you are able to. And I mean, Amy, you know, I still... I see her on Facebook, you know, I am on Facebook still. <laughs> I see yeah. her on Facebook and she does all these really cool things. And I just love, I mean, I feel connected to her still, even though I haven't seen her in, I don't know, 10 years in person. You know, there's something about those friendships that is just, I mean, that's what I love that you do with moms on the run. I feel like that's, I feel like that's the way that running it can grow and going back to the, to the race conversation. I feel like that's the way that we can overcome some, some tough conversations is going for runs with people that don't necessarily look like us or have our lifestyle. So Demi, right now you were, you've alluded to it a little bit. You can't run anymore. Yeah. And you've put your body through a lot. Um, yeah. You've been a heck of an athlete throughout your career, your, well, through your life. Um, talk about what it is right now. That's really bugging you that you can't do it anymore or currently. Um, you mean about running? Yeah. Is it your yeah. knees? Is it your hips? What is it? Oh, oh, what part of my body? Oh yeah. I mean, my knees, um, my lower back, um, my whole right side. I mean, I was just, I was just, um, literally my, my running career looks like an echocardiogram, you know, up and down and up and down. And I would be up and be, you know, put together and, and not falling apart. And then something would happen and I would just come down and, you know, I mean, I'm almost six, four, which I realize, you know, it takes all different body types, but, but you don't see a lot of super tall runners, I think for a reason. Um, my feet, it's funny. My friend Katie has, um, some kids and her son, Nathan is about my height and he broke his foot rock climbing. And she goes, oh my gosh, having big feet is not really beneficial for a runner. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's just more surface area, there's more to break. I don't know. I mean, this yeah. is all my but that kind of validated it. So there's nothing like, I can't say, oh, it's my right hamstring. Exactly. It's just that like, there was enough chronic injuries that I would fix something and something else would break. And as you know, with injuries, and I'm sure your listeners know too, you can go down this rabbit hole of physical therapist, needling, chiropractor, YouTube videos, this, that. And, you know, um, after a while, it's just like, am I getting better? I don't know. You know, it just, it got to the point where I just had to be like, okay, final stop. I'm good. I had a great career because I just saw myself running myself into the ground, both mm-hmm. mentally and physically. And that's just not the person I want to be. Are you, you pissed know? about it? Oh yeah. I mean, I was very mad about it. I grieved a ton about it. I mean, I went to therapy for it. I mean, because that was my identity, right? You know, I mean, my identity, I can say now as an athlete, but 
I mean, I, I'm the I'm a mother runner. I wrote a book called Run Like a Mother. You know, I was a contributor editor to Runner's World. Like that was my job. Mm-hmm. And um, to take it away from me um, was was really hard. Yeah, I mean, and it still is hard. And it's hard. You know, I can go to the retreats and I can be a light for people who might be struggling the way that I did. And I like having that role, but I mean, it's hard to see 20 women running away from the hotel, all gabbing and having a great time. And I'm like, okay, let's go for a walk and do some strength. Like, yes, I realize that's the point of where I am in my life and I've come to peace with it, but it doesn't mean that it still doesn't hurt, you know? Yeah. Hurts really bad. And I hurt for you. Like it, it stinks because I know how much you love it, but I also see that bond that you two have. And I just think I'm so thankful that you have Sarah and all your other runners and Sarah, it probably isn't the easiest role to take when one of your best friends is in the situation. Oh, I mean, my heart hurts for Dim not being able to run. And I do want to say, I mean, at our retreats, you have never, if you, you could never ask for a more ardent cheerleader than Dimity. We always have these races at the retreats. And I mean, we had one Cape Cod half marathon in 2018 a nor'easter so sideways rain the waves it's an ocean front part of the course goes right along the atlantic waves coming up onto the road and there is dimity and the cheer squad that she has put together and she is out there and dim in addition to having big feet has big hands (laughs) on the back when you go by or on the butt and, and that thing gets you powered up. <laughs> well, I loved it last year when you guys were here, which you are pretty much every year for the Twin Seas Marathon. And, you know, to hear you guys cheer. I know I was in the zone. But you were it, in the zone. Sorry. I was so in the zone. But it was like, I knew you were going to be there even if I didn't look or, you know, wave or whatever. But just to know that the another mother runners were going to be there, you guys give so much. And... Just to have your energy and your positivity and all the books that you have, all the retreats that you have, your podcast every week. Like, I don't know if you understand how much people appreciate you guys. And I think that you have to sometimes, like, cheers to each other because I I want to have somebody. I want a Sarah or a Dimity that I get to interview people with and have these awesome conversations. Like, it really is inspiring. And we all love you. And I thank you so much for everything you're doing for the running community. We we, um, sometimes get asked by other women entrepreneurs, you know, they'll have a great idea for for a business. And they're always like, you know, oh, what what advice do you have? And I'm like, oh, get a business partner because, you know, know, when when Dimity's flagging a little, you know, I'm there to pull her up. And when I'm, you know, slacking off, she's there to, you know, give me that big smack on the back and keep me going. So, you know, um, it's it's a team process and, and we are lifted continually by the community that we've created. I mean, we draw as much, if not more, from the community than we give back, so. Oh, for sure, for sure. And Carrie, your part, I mean, that's the thing, like, yes, you are, I mean, you're a just a delight and a gem with compliments, but it comes right back at you. I mean, you know, like, you've done a great job with your podcast. You bring so much energy and light to Moms on the Run and all the commentating you do and, like, you going for your, Sub was it sub, sub three twenty? I can't remember. Was that what it was? It was sub three. Sub three. God, Dimity McDowell. That's so embarrassing. I'm sorry. Uh, sub, 
sub three. I'm not much of a numbers girl, but yeah, and you did it like in that, in that, you know, maybe, you know, people look at you and you're like, oh, I can't, you know, that's like so far in my realm of possibility, but maybe it's sub five or sub six or whatever, you know? And that's the thing is that we can all kind of, you know, piggyback on each other and just, you know, be the little feeder fish on the, the, you know, on the tail of, on the whale's tails of running or something. I don't know. I love that. (laughs) God, you guys are brilliant with words. No wonder why you can do it all. I bet Sickening. you that's the little feeder fish that the people do the uh, little pedicure where they chew off the callus. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <about now. laughs> oh, gross, because we got lots of those for those fish to chew off of. Oh. All right, ladies. Well, I know that you're busy. I know you got tons of people that are waiting for you to probably send out a new plan or send out a new podcast, whatever it is. <laughs> but please come back on See Tolly Run and keep getting after it. Dimity. Our heart hurts that you can't run, but I know you're getting after it. Somehow. Oh, I am. Don't worry about it. I got I got some plans for two wheels. Yes. My two and wheels Sarah, you always wheels. do too. So you yep. girls just keep doing what you're doing.